previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Well, Carla, we can't thank you enough for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. This has been so much fun. Now, we hope you can stick around a little longer because we have some fun, dumb questions that we always have to ask our guests. I'm ready for dumb and fun. All right. Okay, maybe Chuck should go first. Wait, (laughs) what, because she said dumb first? Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Roxy. Yes, Chuck. Starting here. Dear Chuck, you tend to get a lot of crap for various things, so I thought you would appreciate that I totally agree with you and that Roxy totally called you out on the last episode and said you should start the questions because Carla called them dumb and fun in that order. (laughs) Speaking of, hey Carla, good job out of you and the pizza talk was fascinating. Eric, I don't know who that, that's not Eric Laundry, it's Eric with a K. Okay, Eric with a K, we'd love to meet you. Thanks for writing in. Was that just a slip? It was just a slip. It was a slip, slip. absolutely. I wasn't insinuating that he's dumb and I'm fun. Well, Um, I mean, I think that's what most of the listeners do think, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was a slip, but thanks for catching that. I mean, I didn't mind going first. And I mean, like I said, I think most of the listeners would agree with Eric, honestly. But I appreciate that because I, I really, that hurt my feelings a little bit. I'm just saying. Well, you're always getting on me for asking the serious questions first. So Right. But I, I did acknowledge that those most times get the better answers. They're thought provoking. Because yeah, mine are like, That's you know, true. crunchy smooth, that kind of <laughs> stupid stuff. Anyway. All right, Roxy. Speaking of pizza. Yeah. We heard from Tony Beeson and there's a lot in here, but he says Cincinnati has a fascinating diversity and was a melting pot of different cultures in the late 18th and early 19th century. Amongst those are Greek pioneers who brought their cuisine with them. I use melting pot literally as part of that process was the creation of a concoction of meat, cinnamon, Mediterranean spices, and maybe chocolate poured over spaghetti noodles and then covered in cheese. Non-Greeks dubbed it chili. And there you go, Cincinnati-style chili. May I tell you a quick story? So the corporation that I work for was acquired in October of 2019, and as a result, I ended up with a new boss. He came to Cincinnati shortly afterwards, and I thought it would be nice to introduce him to the local cuisine. So I took him to Skyline Chili. We had a nice lunch and headed back to the office. About an hour later, my new boss came over to my desk with a distressed look on his face. I am headed back to my hotel. I don't feel so well. Horrified, I called my wife and exclaimed, Oh, Linda, I just poisoned my new boss. Oh, God. <laughs> oh dear. But back to the Carla Corrado interview, Cincinnati-style chili remains pretty local to this area. Marion's Pizza is fairly local to Dayton as well. Ah, see, I didn't know that. See, I'd done a lot of work up in the Dayton-Centerville area, so I knew about Marion's. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan because it's that thin crust stuff that I'm not a huge fan with. To uh, me, pizza's pizza. <laughs> no. Oh, dear. I'll eat what any kind done, of Roxy? pizza. What have you done, Roxy? Especially if there's pineapple on <laughs> what it. What have you done, Roxy? <laughs> thin crust, deep I, I dish. Can, I can feel the emails coming in already. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, now we were maybe going to save this for the old news segment, which we'll do later in the show, but... It's bringing up another topic that we talked about many, many, many episodes ago. But Chris Davenport sent me an article about these cold cheese pizza slices, okay? Now, the headline is, it just says, this place serves pizza with cold cheese. But that's not true. If you click on the link and watch the video, all the toppings are cold, basically. So they just put a little sauce, a little bit of cheese. That's the first mistake. And then they (laughs) cook it. And then they put all the toppings on top and serve it that way. 
And Chris was asking, he's like, didn't you bring this up? Well, yes. Oneonta New York started this. That whole video that was sent to me is just blasphemy. It's just terrible. I mean, we heard from a lot of people once we started on Twitter with this. And Rob Miller wrote in, said, there's a place in Wheeling, West Virginia that does the same thing. It's awful. I love pizza, but that stuff is awful. I couldn't agree more. Now, it, all fairness, I've never had it like that, but that is not what cold cheese pizza is. I don't want people to get the wrong idea because cold cheese pizza is one of the best things on this planet. Worst things for you but it's amazing. And I'll get back to that in a second. Next, we heard from someone we don't really know. I think the name is Stu. And he's on Twitter at Stu C-O-F-W-V. So I'm assuming that means West Virginia. But Stu, what the heck? How come you haven't come on to meet the littles yet? We want to meet you. I mean, come on. What's happening here? We're cool. Absolutely. We're chill. <laughs> so, but he writes in, I went to Beto's for the first time in November. It is actually delicious, as similar to DiCarlo's pizza in the Ohio Valley. The cheese goes on cold, so it can melt on the drive home. Then you have a better slice to enjoy. Okay. He also wrote, if you are like me and grew up on it in Wheeling, you eat your slices in the parking lot as per tradition. So you get the cold cheese. It is a great experience that requires more than one try before converting. Trust me, it's great. Couldn't agree more. I'd never heard of it till I went to college. Then I started touring and I'd go around the country and people would lose their minds. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, I just want cold cheese on. They're like, I don't know how to, what do you mean you don't know how to do that? You just put cold cheese on. I'm like, no, look, just pretend I'm ordering pepperoni on top of my pizza and just charge me for an extra topping. Charge me for extra cheese. They're like, oh, so you want extra cheese? I said, no. What I want is for you to take a pizza slice out of the damn oven. So basically, this is what I'm saying. Any toppings you want works, okay? Say you just want pepperoni pizza. You get a piece of pepperoni pizza cooked the normal way. Then they put it on the plate, and just before they serve it to you, they sprinkle cold cheese on top. It's the most amazing thing ever. So it, there's it, already melted cheese absolutely. already cooked. So you make the pizza like normal. Make the, even if you want freaking pineapple on it. At this point, I'll give in oh, on that. Good. Okay, That's disgusting to me, but okay, <laughs> I'll give in. You put cold cheese on top of all of that. Now, look, in my experience, I've just done cheese pizza this way. Maybe I've done some pepperoni slices this way with the cold cheese on top of that. I don't think I've gotten any more adventurous than that. I don't think I've had like a garbage pizza with cold cheese on it. But seriously, I mean, it is an Oneonta staple. It's where I went to college. Anyone can tell you that they literally have it's on the board so you can order it that way. They'll bring out if it's like a large pie, they will literally bring out a bowl of grated mozzarella. Oh, I love that. So you can just put it on each slice as go, you know, and then because sometimes like what I, I sorry if your name's not Stu, I think it's Stu, as he said, because if you wait too long, it'll just start melting like other cheese. And that's not the point. Right. Now he's saying that's good, too. And I, I buy that. I'll, I'll give yeah, it on that one. So. I'm sure that's all right. All right. And in other news, we're going to go from pizza to baked potatoes. Yum. Uh, I still don't think this is old news yet. That's why we're not leaving it. Uh, Steve Osbolt writes in, avocado or peanut oil have higher smoke points, so better for higher temperatures. Yes. If you try things in olive oil, use low grade, not virgin, higher smoke point and less expensive. Interesting. Good right. to know. I mean, information for life for sure. Because oh, yeah. I have no idea. Well, I've experienced that with the Instant Pot. It'll call for avocado oil, for instance, versus olive oil because of the smoke point. Ah. Yeah. And Jenny Robbins wrote in saying, I'm so sorry about the baked potato fiasco. I figured since you didn't ask, you'd Google it. Isn't that the, that's the answer <laughs> for everything today. And I probably should have. <laughs> because the potato is so dense, it takes about 40 minutes for two normal sized baked potatoes on 400. I prick with a fork, then coat in olive oil and add kosher salt. Mm. Now... I have to agree. I forget who wrote in last episode. I want to say it was maybe Lee. That, I'm just like, 
40 minutes what's the like why wouldn't you just put it in a regular oven i guess maybe because the this like i said roxy you haven't tried it yet you have to check it out yeah i do feel like it's two in one because i do the uh the outside gets really crispy so it's almost like a potato skin yep and it was really tasty so i guess maybe that would be the reason but i'm like i thought it would be quicker i thought that was the whole point yeah it comes out a little different than in the oven or definitely the microwave yeah. And after that, we heard from another person we don't really know. It's the screen name, Be Excellent to Each Other. Again, hello. How come you haven't come to meet the Littles yet? Also love your screen name. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Handle. That's what That's it is. That's the handle. <laughs> it's at J Brzee, I guess. But the screen title is Be Excellent to Each Other. I agree. Love that. They say, this is the only way to bake a potato. I go a full hour, though. See, that's even worse oh. for me. I, I'm, barely, I'm very impatient, Littles, obviously. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Roxy knows. <laughs> and then we love it when Littles do homework for us. Oh, so yeah. So that we don't have to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> We got an email from Roop Sharma, and he says, Morning, Chuck and Roxy. Crosley Field was a little before my time, so I had to do some research. Ritz was correct that there was a hill in left field of the old ballpark, which was known as the Crosley Terrace. The Reds decided to pay homage to this at Great American Ballpark. The area in front of the main gate at GABP where the statues are displayed is the new Crosley Terrace. There is a slight change in elevation as you go from the gates to the street. Roop. Oh, nice. That's so interesting. It's very interesting because I would have no way of knowing that. Then he also writes, SWAT, Sanford and Son, Hawaii Five O. That's it. That's the list. <laughs> Love it. And speaking of that list, we heard from Mike Wolf, who still has not come on to meet the Littles yet. Hello. Where are you? Where are you? He writes in, the Cheers theme is so great that I think the person who wrote it is entitled to the money that Applebee's wants to give them, assuming the original author gets at least a taste of it. Even if they don't, giving value to intellectual property makes it easier for the artists that create intellectual property to make money from their work. And Roxy, he also writes, and the Instapot is great and super fast for cooking potatoes. Call me Mr. Contrary. I love that. I've been wanting to try that, actually. I've been going through my Pinterest recipes, and I forgot, like, months ago, I pinned a potato recipe. Right, but does he mean baked potatoes? Yes. Okay, I still not. All right, you're going to have to just do that sometime and not tell me. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll love them. No problem. But. <laughs> I'll get right on it. <laughs> All right, and then lastly, we heard from Tim Cree saying that Barney Miller is the best TV show theme. We've had a lot of Barney Miller, too. I think Barney Miller and Hawaii Five-0 are leading the pack. Yeah. If we're keeping track. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's very. Well, they're both good choices, I have yeah, to say. They're yeah. both good choices. Now, interestingly enough, these are two choices that are, I believe, instrumental. Now, maybe not. I, because, I wouldn't you know. You know, there's been some, I'm trying to think what's, there's definitely at least one or two that I can, I can't think off the top of my head. Littles help us out. Where they were TV theme songs that just use the instrumental and then you find out that there were actually lyrics put to them. Oh. But not for the TV show. You know what I mean? Like you hear just the song and then you find out, I'm trying to think of some, I, off the top of my head, I can't. I'm sure Littles are probably yelling at us. Tell us for next time. I Love Lucy? Uh, maybe. I don't. I love Lucy and she oh, loves here we go. me. <laughs> That's good, Roxy. Thank you. All right. And finally, we love this when this happens. Roxy, take it away. All right. We heard from Ed Butt. He says, Chuck and Roxy, thanks so much for having Carla Corrado on Meet the Littles. Even though we have never met in person, she is one of my favorite Littles. Besides our Chicago and architecture connections, we have frequently sparred on Twitter over Ohio State and Michigan. Having now interviewed both of us, you certainly know that in those jousts, I am bringing pinking shears to a thermonuclear war. She defines smart and funny. 
Carla's emails to the big show are always super smart and very funny, but once again, the lead has been buried. Carla holds a distinction that can never be taken away from her. Hers was the very first ever email read on the TK podcast. Okay, wait, let's pause it for a second. First of all, Carla, A, I told you so. (laughs) And two, I told you so. Okay, now let's get back to the scene. Is that true? I wonder, wow. That's awesome. I mean, how was that not brought up on the interview? I don't know. I don't know. That's amazing. So five great minutes. We'll have to find out. Yeah. About it. All right, Carla, you're coming back. Five. I mean, great five minutes. mediocre. Five minutes. mediocre minutes. Well, they'll <laughs> probably be five great minutes with her. But sure. Sure. Okay. And we leave you with this. I just thought this was funny. It is from Michael. Um, okay. You know what, Michael? If you would come on and meet the Littles, I wouldn't butcher your name right now. But there's, <laughs> I have no hope for this one. Oh boy. None whatsoever. So, Roxy, I'm going to pass this over to you. You can read the name, and then I'll read what's left. Okay. <laughs> let, let the Littles get on you. I'm going to do my best here. Michael Gamazichikov. All right. That's better than I would have done. I, I don't know if that maybe that's right. I have no idea. But he wrote in and he's quoting. I, I don't know where this came from. Was this Carla's episode, our last episode? He just quote, spooning is dangerous <laughs> is a gots to go on a sticker type situation. Now, I agree 100 percent, but I don't remember when we said that. Spooning is dangerous. Spooning is dangerous. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here, Roxy. Because, Roxy, let's just get into this. It is now time to... Meet the Littles. This is Alan Rickman, and you're listening to the Lair Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Ha, ha, ha. Coffee too many. Give me one cup of joe to see me through. Be it perk or drip, espresso is hip. Cappuccino latte, girls of all sip. I'll take one cup of coffee too many. Well, it makes my heart go pitter pat. Seeing that waitress coming towards me like that. All right, this is a fun one for you today. We are being played in by Jeff Schiller, a.k.a. Hound Dog. And this song is called One Cup of Coffee, Too Many. Now, if you like what you hear, you can find all of Jeff's stuff on his website, and that is hounddogshiller.com. That's H-O-U-N-D-O-G-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Or he also has a YouTube channel, and that is just youtube.com backslash J-S Hound Dog. So that's J-S-H-O-U-N-D-O-G. We'll make sure we put both of those links in the show notes. And you're not going to want to miss this one. So as always, we will play the full song, One Cup of Coffee Too Many, at the end of the podcast. I love the jolt. That java beans me just like a lightning bolt. All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles. And Roxy, we have another fun one for you today. All the way from Denver, Colorado, please welcome to the podcast, Steve LaPoe. Steve, how's it going? Hey, Chuck, Roxy, how are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, oh, now, now I did that last name right, correct? Yeah, LaPoe. Okay. I guess it's French. You guess so it's I, French. I, <laughs> it 
it's a long story. I guess it was my great grandfather came over and he was a Leposki and I think oh. he didn't want to be discriminated against. So he changed the name to Lepo. Oh, interesting. But, but I, I can spell it on air, right? You're okay with that? Yeah. You can spell it, yeah. yeah it's L E or P E A U. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now I have to throw myself under the bus. You already had that on the form. We give the forms out. Everyone knows that. You knew ahead of time that Chuck would probably butcher this name, so you phonetically spelled it out for me. We really appreciate that. It's not just you, Chuck. It's everybody. <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, we know you're kind of playing catch up with the podcast. We appreciate that. But hopefully by now you know we normally just turn it right over to you. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there and tell us a little something about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, Steve Lepo. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Ended up going to University of Colorado in Boulder for college. I majored in journalism, broadcast production. Got into television, sports production, sports TV. Went out to New York for three years and then moved back to Denver. Still did a lot of freelance television, got married. The traveling part of the job wasn't quite conducive with a marriage. So being on the road 20 to 30 weeks a year is not great. Your first year of marriage. So, uh, you know, kind of quit that job. And uh, my wife was a real estate agent. Um, I got into residential real estate. Six years went by. We adopted three kids from India. Been going ever since. Okay. Wow. I'm just going to pause. We're going to let you continue. But Roxy's face there was just excellent when you said about all the traveling. Yeah. You guys probably know about that. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's yeah. how we met. We uh -huh. met on the road, actually, yeah. traveling in a Broadway show. So, yeah. Very interesting. Long distance relationship <laughs> for a while. Yeah. 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 It's, it is rough. Well, we weren't married at, at the no. time. We were just dating. And, you know, even now we talk about, oh, would we ever go back out on the road again? You know, and if one of us got it and the other one wasn't, you know, would we go with that? We just never know. Well, so much to get into there. Now, what brought you to New York? Was it a job? Yeah. So I went to CU Boulder for undergrad and I was in the journalism school and ABC Sports came to town to do a, I think it was Colorado, Texas A&M football game. And they came to the journalism school or the broadcast class and asked for volunteers to be runners or gophers for like a hundred bucks a day or whatever. Sure. And luckily, yeah. And I was there at the right place at the right time. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun. And my first experience with live sports TV broadcasting and got to the stadium the day before, the day of the game. And there's several of these like 20-year-old, 25-year-old production assistants, you know, wearing jeans and uh, fleeces flying around the country <laughs> watching college football. And I'm like, you get paid for this? You know, I made some connections at ABC. And my first year was a runner. I went back home to Chicago to live and drove like 40,000 miles, basically following ABC college football and Monday night football. And then that turned into a production assistant job in New York. So you had to move here permanently for you three years, you said? Yeah, I lived in the I guess it was the North Bronx up by 225th and Broadway and the broadcast studios were in Manhattan you know happened to actually be there on 9-11 which was oh. obviously a thing yeah so I did a year at ABC and two years at CBS and then just the job was great I love New York I mean I say New York is great when you're young rich and single and I had two out of three so that wasn't too bad but <laughs> just kind of missed the quality of life and the friendships that I had from college and so I came back to Colorado but was still able to do freelance television and a lot of travel mostly with the golf channel cool. gotcha now you went back to colorado before you met your partner so i went back to colorado yeah that was before i met my wife or the woman who would become the woman to whom i would be related to by marriage somewhere around 2002 and then yeah we got married in 2008 actually pretty quick we only dated for like four months and then Whoa. Got married four months later i just got a look <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, we were in our early 30s. We kind of knew. You kind of know when you know. Well, we and knew so... it just took us seven years to get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. She's trying to throw me under the bus here. I mean, first couple, three years, Roxy might have wanted to take a break here and there. We'll just say it that way. <laughs> Roxy, we'll tell that full story someday because, you know, I'm looking bad here. But anyway, this is all about you. Uh, Steve, don't let us yeah, interrupt. No, that, was, that was basically the transition into residential real estate. Yeah. And then, I mean, five years after we got married, we adopted. And another yep. Christmas goes by and you, you get a year older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that's pretty amazing. So I'm actually genuinely curious. Did you adopt all three at the same time or did you gradually adopt them? Yeah, so we adopted all three at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, let me back up a little bit. We had talked about adoption since before we got engaged. Uh -huh. I knew that was an important discussion to have. And sure. it's, oh, know, absolutely. It's, it's definitely something I wanted to discuss, obviously, prior to getting married. So we had had that discussion. I mean, I've done a lot of traveling around the world and there's a lot of poverty and a lot of sure. poor kids and all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. I had known that I personally didn't need biological children. I don't know if I wanted children at all, but I did know that if we did, I would like to adopt. And I just wanted to make sure that that was okay with her. And after a couple of Jack Daniels, we had that conversation and <laughs> she ended up saying yes. So we are where we are. What I was going to say is that, yeah, I think we went into it. Ideally wanted a boy and a girl under five, mm -hmm. something like that. But best plans ended up, we were matched with a young girl, some things happened with the changes of the rules of adopting from India and we lost that match. Shortly thereafter, we got matched with another girl. She was on a special needs list. It wasn't a huge yeah. special need but it caused her to get on this special needs list, which helped supposedly expedite the process a little bit. So we got matched with her. And then, I don't know, a few weeks later, they called Kristen, my wife, and they're like, so this girl that you're matched with, she has two older sisters. Do you want them? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the way she tells the story is she's like, yeah. And then the adoption coordinator on the phone is like, do you want to talk to your husband? <laughs> and, like, and she's like, oh yeah, that might be a good idea. So she called me and she's like, are you sitting down I'm like I'm driving so yes I'm sitting down and she's like she's we'll like, pull over please <laughs> she's like this girl that we were matched to has two older sisters and the way she tells it I kind of paused and then I'm like uh we got to refinish the basement <laughs> yeah right <laughs> But there wasn't really any doubt. We yeah. was, it seemed yeah. like the right thing to do. And how do you say no to that? Right. Um, it's just really great that you were willing to do that so that the siblings weren't separated right. and going to different homes and things like that. And now, are they similar in ages? I think it was like 12, 6, and 5. When gotcha. We got them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's such, a, I, yeah, such, such an, an incredible thing, thing yeah, yeah. to do. We're speechless, <laughs> which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, uh, I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Steve, we also like to get into, in the first segment, your fandom. Now, you've moved around a little bit, but you're mainly from Colorado, you said, right? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and I was there until I was 17. So that's where my teams are. Cubs, especially. Bears. I'll claim the Bulls in the 90s, 100%. <laughs> but currently, it's more Cubs and Bears. Gotcha. Now, this may be a silly question, but Chicago has two baseball teams. So how do you, where's the split? Well, south side, or, north side. Is that what it is? I mean, usually. Well, I was in the western suburbs, and for me, we didn't have cable TV. We had broadcast TV, uh -huh. and we had WGN. And so I grew up watching Harry Carey and Steve Stone and the Cubs on okay. WGN. Yeah, so that was it. We ended up going to more Cubs games. I mean, we didn't go to a ton, but we went to more Cubs games than Sox mm -hmm. games. I think my mom was more of a Cubs 
Cubs fan. My dad was more of a Sox fan. I'm not exactly sure how that happened. He was kind of an American League guy, but gotcha. uh, yeah, I mean, in Chicago, you're one or the other. Right. And I was a Cubs fan. But it is was, it like it New York or because we've asked this question before and I honestly don't remember what the answer was. Like in 2005, were you rooting for the White Sox? I was not rooting against them, but it was kind of like any other team was in the World Series. Okay. It gotcha. wasn't oh, okay. It wasn't special. I mean, a little bit of ribbing from your friends or maybe siblings that are Sox fans and not Cubs fans, yeah. but I wasn't rooting for them, but I wasn't rooting for Well, especially at that point because you still hadn't won since whatever, well, right. whatever, whatever it was. Right. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of jealousy. A little uh-huh. bit of jealousy. Uh-huh. I, I won't deny that. Sure. But you got your revenge eventually. I ended up going to game three, which is one of the highlights of my life. Sure. And my sister. So that was of the World Series in 16. So that was great. Nice. So how nervous were you in game seven? It's funny because in game three, so there was tied 1-1 and then they lost game three, which we were there. But I was just happy that the Cubs were in the World Series. And then game seven, it started out so great. Like mm-hmm. it was like, we're going to roll and this is going and we got a lead and you know, I had the nice little scotch ready to celebrate, watching with my <laughs> daughter, and then they started catching up. And I was going to say, I got ner- you should have talked ner- to us beforehand because we're Red Sox fans, so we know what that's we like. Get it. We get that whole, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, we had the champagne out. Well, Roxy yeah. wasn't even born yet for 86. Yeah, no, I remember that. And then there was the rain yeah. delay. So and that- <laughs> then there was the rain delay. And you're like, here it goes again. Because they hadn't been close to winning, but they were sure. close to getting to the World Series and Bartman and all that stuff. So, right. I mean, I, I was nervous. I can't remember if I thought they were going to win or blow it, but it ended up all right. Now, how old were you for the Bartman thing? You were an adult, know, right? 15? I was an adult, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was probably in my 20s. Oh, okay, right. So my question is, you don't really blame him, right? I mean, you were... No. Oh, okay. I'm like with the whole Buckner thing. I'm sorry. We lost that game long before that ball went through Buckner's legs. I get that that was the last play of the game. But between Calvin Chiraldi, the wild pitch, and all that, you know... no, it's not Buckner's fault. I never blamed Buckner. I was only a kid at that point. So a lot of people are like, oh, you just don't understand. I'm like, okay, but it wasn't... Yeah, anyway. But same thing. I'm sorry. That could have been me. Could have been me. If I see that foul ball coming my way, I'm going to try to catch that ball because it's so in the moment. You know what I mean? No, you're going to, everybody's going to, everyone's going to try to catch that. that foul ball. And they were still up by two. And there yeah. was like, it was another error. And, yes. and I think it was game five. They lost the next day too. So it was, you got a oh, horrible, that poor guy. in the yeah. 30 for 30, but you yeah. Know, oh, got yeah. A tough rap. I think they ended up giving him a ring or oh, trying to give him a ring. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Anyway, let's forget <laughs> about that. Yeah. It's um, totally not his fault. Yeah, totally. And real quick before we take a break, now, how did you become a little? This always intrigues me with journalism, people who work in journalism and stuff like that. Start there. I think I was aware of Tony. I think I have vague memories of the internet show when I was at ABC Sports. And then obviously I I know him from Monday Night Football and PTI, but it was actually a colleague of mine got me into the podcast and it was just him and another colleague talking about it. And I'm kind of like, what's this podcast? And they really, really liked it. And I just started downloading it and listening to the podcast. This is probably like 15 years ago. And I just got hooked. I mean, I think they were talking the first, one of the first stories I remember was like Swiss cheese, you know, and it's like, do the size the holes matter on the taste of the Swiss cheese. And I mean, that was, we not covered that on this podcast yet, Roxy. But he was also going through, I think his previous dog before Chelsea was dying. And so really early on, you saw the sensitive side and it's not just a sports and news show. Right. Yeah. I will get behind weeks and stuff, but I'm always caught up by the end of the year. Gotcha. 
And are you a Wilbon fan as well? You said you'd mentioned PTI. I'm guessing you must be. Yeah, I mean, I like Wilbon for sure. We're a little bit of a kindred spirit. I mean, he's a little bit, he's older than me, but I think we share a birthday. We either share a birthday oh. or he's before. But, you know, with the Bears and the Cubs and the Bulls, I mean, I can kind of relate to that kind of stuff for now, sure. So, yeah, the reason I brought it up, I'm curious. Do you get annoyed when he just totally brags about his journalism school and all of that from Northwestern? I mean, he's a name dropper, but if I was Wilbon, I think I would do the same thing. Right. <laughs> True. It's good to be Wilbon, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, you went to the university there in Colorado? Yeah, University of Colorado Boulder. Right. So it has, it must have a decent journalism school as well. I mean, it's not Northwestern. It's not Missouri. You know, it's not Syracuse, you mm-hmm. know, as far as journalism schools go. But it was a school and it was a, de- I mean, it was a good school and it was a degree. And yeah. it's really the connections. And as far as television work, I think I've turned in a resume like once. And I think I've been asked about my degree like once. It's all who you know, and it's getting experience, meeting people, learning, and getting better with the real work after the degree. I mean, it helped me get my foot in the door, but you learn so much more after. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Get your reps. Yeah. As we've I mean, heard many like, times. That's like the theater show. too. Just get out there and do it. Yep. We've been very fortunate to interview a couple of the bigs and we just had Kevin on not too long ago and he goes, yeah, college is college. You have to do it, but get to the radio station, get in front of the microphone, mm-hmm. just do it, yeah. you know, and get your reps because that's how you're going to get better. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Well, listen, you can stick around, right? Um, no, sorry guys. <laughs> he's been, no. he's been catching up. <laughs> Good for you, just, sir. Uh, that, just good, kidding. Yeah. That's a, you know, the here's the thing, though. Steve. If you hadn't filled out the form and told us about some other fun stories that you still have to share with us, I probably would have said, okay, thanks. Let's <laughs> let's get out. Because yeah. that would have been a first, and we've been waiting for that. Yeah. So that was great. <laughs> but unfortunately... Say, no, bye, click. <laughs> click, right. But unfortunately, you did fill out the form, and you still have some fun, interesting stories that I think the Littles are going to want to hear. So we're going to have to get you right back. Loyal Littles will be right back with... Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Keep listening. It's really funny. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are here with Steve LePoe. And we actually were saying how he filled out the form. So we're very excited about that. Now, you have this thing and it just says, quote, Meeting a little in the wild. I now, love that. Roxy loved that because she didn't quite understand what that meant. I kind of knew what it meant. No, I knew what it meant. Oh, it just okay. made me giggle. Oh, okay. I'm like, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've seen that a couple times now. Yeah. So uh, who is it, Steve? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been to a couple of the meetups and I've met, you know, I've met some littles in little sanctioned events, but mm-hmm. I'd never met a little outside of a, a little event. So I was at a friend's house for some kind of party or whatever. And he had a friend visiting from Seattle and we were just kind of, t- the three of us were just kind of talking and I don't remember exactly how it came up, but something came up about maybe it was a YouTube concert or something. And, and he's like, I heard about this guy that waited in line for five hours, you know, <laughs> with the bracelets to get the tickets for his wife. I'm like, that's Saliza. Do you listen to the Tony Kornheiser show? <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And we're like, let's cheesery, let's cheesery. And then we went off and we talked about the show for an hour and left his friend, you know, to find his own business. Nice. Oh, my gosh. That's so much fun. So it had to be a recent. Well, it wasn't that recent, but. 
Yeah, I mean, it was in the last five years. It was a Saliza U2 concert. It was Jimmy Smith, so he's on the, I think he's on, like, some of the Facebook groups and stuff. So nice. we don't, we're not super connected, but every once in a while, it's like a La Cheeserie or I'll send him a text or something. And you said his name's Jimmy? I believe it's Jimmy Smith. Maybe I should check that. Before. Oh, if it's just, we're just saying, Jimmy, we're jealous because now that Steve's gotten to meet you, we want to meet you. So come on the Loyal Littles yeah. podcast. We'll there have to go. get him on. That'll be a great little in the moment. And, and then you went off for like an hour. That would totally be me. I'd yeah. be so, because I'm waiting for that moment. I really am. Because we've had the same situation. We didn't have any kind of those moments until we started this podcast. Right. It was months. I want to say a half a year before we even met a little. Yeah. And then, of course, we co-hosted the Summer of Littles event here in New York. Now, this next topic might be a little semi-controversial, and I'm interested only because we had Mark Schaefer on the podcast, and he kind of debunked this whole situation, but I'll get there in a second. On the forum, you said you want to talk about you had a David Aldridge moment. Yeah. So let's go into that, and then I'll bring Mark's part back into this afterwards. Yeah, so back in my TV days, I was freelance and I did a must have been a Nuggets game for TNT and I uh, was the a runner and a, a production assistant, basic assistant cameraman, just pulled cable for a cameraman. And so I'm in the locker room with the Nuggets or the visiting team and in walks David Aldridge, you know, oh. for TNT. Nice. So it was a it was a literal <laughs> DA moment. And oh. um, I think it was 2004. It was the RG3 Robert Griffith season. And the Washington football team had started winning, but I don't know whoever remembers, but DA was always like, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get killed. He's going to get K-I-L-T, kilt. And uh, this is right a week or two before, like week five, RG3 goes down. And so David's in there and I'm trying to get up the nerve just to say something about the show or whatever. And so what Hope I said, or what I tell myself I said to him is, the era of unbridled enthusiasm is over because that was kind of the his and Tony's catchphrase for the season until RG3 got hurt. And, um, you know, he just kind of smiled and nodded. But that was my literal DA moment. Literal. So, OK, you win. That There's no question about that. Now, do you still stay in touch with him at all or? I don't. I mean, he yeah. wouldn't remember me from Adam. Gotcha. It was just something that somebody says and he may, you know, he may have remembered it the next day, but. Right. You know, sure. No, last, of course. So. No, I get you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, because, you know, you're kind of colleagues in a way. I mean, if you think about it. But. Yeah. Now, the reason I was asking. OK, so let's go back to Mark real quick, because he kind of debunked yeah. the whole what littles think of as a DA moment. And I can't quite remember how he said it, but he said we've been doing it all wrong the whole time. Like when you just see someone famous out there. Yeah, I mean, it comes from Tony watching DA on TV. But if if Mark's point is that you have to know the person that you see on TV, then we're all doing it wrong. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, but you actually had the... DA moment. Uh, well, you should call that the ultimate, the ultimate DA, DA moment. moment. Okay. Because we're, if we're going to categorize this, I mean, because it's got to be higher up than a and DA like moment. Knowing him and seeing him on TV. Right. Like, yeah, you, exactly. You know. Okay. I'll well, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And thank you for all these great stories. Now, as you know, on the Loyal Littles podcast, here we come, fun and dumb. We, we love these yeah, that's the that's the real reason I'm here. That's absolutely. It's not about this, oh, I met DA. I mean, crap. I mean, who cares about that? All right. Well, let's hit you up with this one. If you were a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Well, I mean, the first thing that jumps out is because the way my name is spelled, LePew. I mean, I've always, I was Peppy LePew, but I always liked Inspector Gadget. I think that would Ooh, be pretty yeah. cool to have the, the Inspector Gadget stuff. For oh, a yeah. Sure. And that that's was a, a good one. That was a great theme song. Oh, yeah. That show had a great theme song. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the movie, Matthew Broderick? Did you see that? I 
did not see the movie. I didn't see the whole thing either. I didn't really even want to, but I did. But honestly, it didn't leave a an, a big enough impression on me to remember if I liked it or not. I probably liked it. Yeah. Didn't see it. Didn't want to. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. But I did love that cartoon. That was another one I'd watch. Yeah. That and Scooby Doo were my two go tos uh, yeah. when I came home from school. Uh-huh. When I was in like grade school and Casey stuff like that. Kasem, right? The voice. Oh of yeah. Shaggy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and, that, and the countdown. I mean, I guess I'm probably older than you guys. No, no. Well, I know. I know about that stuff. You know about you know, know about Casey the Casey Kasem, Kasem. countdown. Yes. You must. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, she's not that young. Okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Things you don't say for 500. Yep. All right, Roxy, what's next? Uh, what is the best piece of advice you've received? Wow, um, that's a good one. I mean, I don't specifically remember receiving this, but just kind of the dance like nobody's looking or just kind Mm -hmm. of like do your own thing. And what other people think doesn't really matter. And so I would just say, be yourself and do your thing. And if you're happy with yourself, the rest of it doesn't matter. Oh, great. That is actually amazing. And I feel like Roxy here needed to hear that today. That is so great. Roxy, be yourself. Nobody Roxy, you're having a bad day? I didn't know about it. It doesn't matter what other people think. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm going to see yours and I'm going to up new things, new podcasts. Well, not really a new podcast, but I'm going to flip the script here for a second because I just thought of another question I'd like to ask, but it's not fun and dumb. It's a serious. Right. So Chuck here is going to like screw the whole podcast up. We're going to shake things up here. Because it's something I should have asked you, and I hope Littles are shaking their fist at me from the last segment saying, how could you not ask this question? But I'm genuinely curious. What's the biggest or your most favorite sporting event you've ever covered? Yeah, that's a great question. I've been to two Super Bowls. The first one was in Atlanta. It was the Rams-Titans. I actually got down on the field. I wasn't down on the end when that last second play with the guy lunging for the last yard. Yeah, that was 2000. Yep. 2000. That's right. I got on the field for that one. And then the next year in Tampa, I think it was Baltimore and the Giants. Right. Not a great game. But so the Super Bowls and then I got to do the Olympics in Greece and I've been to the Masters five times. So. Okay. Let's pause for this bury the lead moment. Okay. Littles, just so you don't think we screwed up. This was not on the form. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this. None of this was on the oh, form. Yeah. Two Super Bowls, five Masters, you said? Uh, yeah. And the Olympics. Yeah, it's just a job. It's I know. It's glamorous. just your job. I get it's not it. as glamorous as it sounds. I mean, I'm in, the, I'm in a truck for eight hours a day for four days, four or five days, six days in the Masters. You know, I get to walk the course, but I mean, yeah, it was not on the form. You're, I will, I'll give you that okay. credit. That, that well, because... We're certainly not journalists here, but we know we do do some lurking, we call it, instead of stalking. But I mean, that must still be exciting to be able to say you were there. And trust me, we get it because everyone thinks what we do is this high ho, the glamorous glamorous. life. And then when we tell them, yeah, if you only knew, but it is exciting in the same way, it is exciting that we get to do what we do. So anyway, but no, we understand. But that, wow. So five masters. An Olympics. An Olympics. So go, yeah, talk about the Olympics a little bit. Yeah, so it was it was in Greece. I think it was 2004. I, you know, just kind of some of my freelance television work had made the connections of, you know, you just meet people and you work with people. And the one of the producers that I worked with in the States was producing volleyball, indoor volleyball. Nice. And so, yeah, so I went over there and worked the world feed for indoor volleyball. 
you know, we worked like four days and then we had two days off and worked four days. So I got to like take a ferry and went to a, one of the islands for one night wow. and just kind of screwed around. I got to go to the opening ceremonies, which was pretty cool. And then just see some other, some other events. It was just, it was a great experience. Wow. It must be. Awesome. All right, Roxy, I'm on to, you're, uh, excuse me, you were on to something, I think, and I just flipped it, but yeah. So maybe we should ask That's more really serious cool. questions. Well, Time. Instead of all our fun, dumb questions, because it might open doors. They're fun, so. serious questions. But can Roxy, can you get us back on track or do you want me to? Uh, <laughs> I think I can. Okay, go ahead. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Yeah, so I haven't really thought about that question because I didn't, would never have really thought of my life as being a movie. <laughs> but um, I mean, does Ron Howard still act? I mean, I don't know. I'm he directs, but I'm sure you can get him in front of the oh, camera. Oh, sure. Yeah. If you asked him, I'm sure he would do it yeah. for you. No. <laughs> Maybe Ron Howard. Maybe uh, who's the guy in uh, Knocked Up? What's um, his name? Oh, what is his uh, name? Seth Rogen. Maybe yeah. maybe Seth Rogen. So I don't know. It'd be a pretty boring movie, though. Wow. I don't know. Five Masters, Olympics, two Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, maybe what they would do is you would actually run on the field for that Super Bowl as he's reaching for the one yard line or the, oh, the goal line, excuse me. Go. And then you take the ball and run it in, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of the. Tony Kornheiser, of course, always saying, oh, he was on the field for that famous, you know, yeah. flutie play. Right, so that's right. kind of what that reminded me of, actually. I was hoping that's where you were going, actually. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. great. Those are good choices. All right. So how about this one? If you were a host of Saturday Night Live, who would you want to introduce as your musical guest? Uh, well, my favorite band is U2, but I think my favorite concert, I was lucky enough to see uh, Mumford & Sons at Red Rocks. Oh, cool. um, oh wow. I, I think that's my probably my favorite. been a ton of concerts. Probably my favorite concert. Uh, oh, great. I love them. All right. So great. Roxy, one more. Oh, gosh. If you could live in any TV home, or it could be a movie home, what would it be? TV home or movie home, and what would it be? I mean, I, well, I'd have to pick the location. Like, I love New York and I love Havana. And I don't know. I don't, I can't think of any TVs. I mean, I guess The Godfather or whatever. I <laughs> um, can't think of any. Well, that's a good one. Well, uh, we've had for New York in the past, we've had Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Now, I, that's okay. how this all came up, actually, was because I was like, wait, what are you, nuts? I'm like, because I'm pretty sure it's a one bedroom. It might be a two bedroom, but still, a one bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Why? No, he's like, oh, well, you got Kramer across the hallway and you've got George coming over. And that's, <laughs> well, that's where it all came up. Like, oh, yeah, no, totally. If, if I, yeah, if you're doing Manhattan, though, you got to go big, like maybe Succession or something without the cast. <laughs> right. Or Different Strokes. That's another one. I forgot they're in New York. Yeah, they're in New York, yeah. too. Well, Steve. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, is there anything we can plug for you before we let you go? How can we find you? You're on Twitter and all that stuff, right? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Facebook and the Facebook groups, the, the tone of the show groups. Gotcha. But for residential real estate, I mean, my plug is Denver Metro Residential Real Estate, lapoteam.com, L-E-P as in Paul, E-A-U, lapoteam.com. Okay, great. And we'll make sure we put that in the show notes for you. Cool. Thanks. All right. Well, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Oh, the pleasure's ours. So thank you for coming on. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? So this one I don't, I don't really care about, but I mean, it's kind of surprising because the woman to whom I'm related by marriage is very particular on a lot of things. And, you know, after 12 and a half years of marriage, you become very particular, but she doesn't seem to be particular on this one. So oh. this one is either or. I don't care. Oh. As long, so, as, it's as long as it's there. But I have to now, we have to deep dive here a second. Do you alternate or do you think it's always one where you don't even know? It's just there. I don't even know. Wow. I just replace it and it just go. I do do some things around the house. I know I will replace toilet paper, but it, it just goes. Nice. Wow. That's a first. 
I yeah. think, Roxy. Yeah, we're the entire house. I mean, we've had I don't care, but it's always over. Right. Right. We don't care, but it's always <laughs> under. No, 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 really. I mean, we've had people oh, legitimately. And our favorite recent one was, I believe it was Ed Butt's wife. Now, I believe this was out in public, though. She yeah. changed the role, but she didn't. You know how it's like attached to the role and then you have to start it? Yeah. Okay. She didn't start it. So she doesn't know. She's like, I don't know if it's over or under. It's like playing toilet paper roulette. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of thing. So she just put the role on. She doesn't know if it was over or under. So that one's kind of fun, too. But wow. All right. That's great. That's great. Another first. I love how this convert this topic just always opens new doors even after a hundred and whatever episodes we're up to so anyway all right steve thanks so much for the time we really appreciate it thanks guys had a great time all right all you loyal listeners we'll be right back hi this is chris davenport from whiting indiana and you are listening to the loyal littles podcast on the wtfc podcast network Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Steve, for coming on and meeting the Littles. Fun as always. Yeah. And what was that? Two Super Bowls, five Masters in the Olympics? Uh, yeah, I believe so. so. Wow. Yeah. Hello. Not on the form. Hi. <laughs> All right. We have a lot more to get into, Roxy. We're going to start with some old news. Brendan in Jersey wrote in, in old news, one Christmas special I would definitely not recommend is 1991's The Christmas Tree. And then he wrote from Flammaran Ferreira Productions. And he actually put in parentheses, good luck with that, Chuck. Flammaran Ferreira? It's something, I don't know. What is that? I don't know. Oh, I thought you were just like whipping that off the top of your head like you knew what that was. I have <laughs> no idea. Just trying to clean up how you just Thank you. To clean say up it. on aisle, Chuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, Eric Barnes. And he wrote in, yet another great Michigan Little. And of course, he's referring to Craig Jones. And he wrote, to me, the 84 Tigers are baseball's version of the 85 Bears unbeatable team i wonder what will bond would say about that <laughs> and yes mrs barnes grows hops in our backyard as well so how oh, cool is that that is cool someone else i have i would never have that's just something i would never think to do that's so fun though. but we you know we don't really do anything with maybe beer, now so. we'll think about it well we'll think about it but we don't have a backyard to do it <laughs> in so we'll just still think about it yeah we'll, we'll enjoy everyone else and we'll enjoy the stories that people tell us about how their hops are growing yep all right now roxy Yes. I don't do this often, but hello. I kind of have to call myself out. We got an email from Abigail from Sarasota, and it says, Hey, Chuck, you really don't know how this teasing a topic works, do you? (laughs) Two episodes ago, you said you would go into the gift Roxy gave you for Christmas having to do with sea turtles. It made me perk up, actually, because growing up, my mom worked at the Tennessee Aquarium in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So as you can imagine, I spent many a days there. I love that aquarium. Side note. Roxy, have you ever been to, you've never been to Chattanooga? No, have I haven't. Right, that's, it's small, not well known, but man, I'm telling you, it's, it's a great, great, great aquarium. Anyway, she sa- continues, thank goodness Carla's interview was so good because you admitting the sea turtles information as promised was a big letdown. <laughs> First of all, Carla, let's go back to this. A, told you so. And two, told you so. Uh, Anyway, Abigail, I'm so sorry. So we're going to do this real quick now. I think this is hilarious in a way because Roxy, I'm assuming this could be an affordable gift for anybody, right? I mean, you bought like how many, five of these? You bought these for the entire family. Yeah. Okay. I bought six. You bought six. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now... Okay, I'm going to let Roxy get into this a little bit, but I would like to bring to your attention... Well, I'll actually, let's just let you go. This is the Sea Turtle Conservatory. Is it, how, Conser- yeah, Conservancy. First of, all, mm-hmm. first of all, I think the listeners might want, how on earth would you ever think of something like this? And where did you discover it? And please just tell me it wasn't one of those Facebook pop-ups. Well, it wasn't Facebook. It oh. was Instagram. Oh. Okay. 
Well, all right. Good for them. Because this um, is actually a good cause. This is actually a really cool thing. It really is. The company is called Follow, F-A-H-L-O. And it's an app you can get on your phone for free. You can purchase these cool little bracelets. And with each bracelet, you get a QR code. You scan it and it takes you to an animal. Now, I chose sea turtles, but they also have, you can do sharks. You can, you're basically adopting an animal and following them around wherever they go. But the sea turtles, they have little tracking devices on them. And that's just to make sure that they're, where they're going is good place, safe, clean, probably. safe, clean, yeah. safe, you know, all of that. And if there are any problems, I'm sure they step in and try to do what they can to save the turtles. So I'm obsessed with sea turtles. But like I said, you can also get sharks or I think polar. Polar bears is another one Ooh. and elephants. Oh, wow. um, I know elephants for oh, sure. So it's not just all aquatic. No, it's oh, not. Okay. Um, yeah. So I first saw of all, can I jump? The, the bracelets are adorable. Yeah, they're really cute. They've got a it's just like a normal little beaded bracelet, but then it has a little turtle and they all come in different colors. Um, so that's really cool. I ended up getting six different colors and handed them out to my family and Chuck here. And I got one for myself, of course. So again, I found this on Instagram, but you can Probably just look up follow, F-A-H-L-O. Um, it's at my follow on Instagram and Twitter. Just yes. FYI. Oh, actually, it's a website. Same thing. It's Let me just give the website. It's myfollow.com. So that's M-Y-F-A-H-L-O.com. Yeah. And you can find all about. Now, the most interesting thing, I'm going to... I think Roxy set me up for this, which I think is hilarious. So now, if, as you can imagine, all these turtles have a name. Okay. So you can follow your turtle and you can mm -hmm. say, oh, okay. Everyone got Jim, John. <laughs> I get a, a, a Kwai? No. How do you say this? Ayukai. Ayukai. <laughs> Ayukai. I love it now. But I mean, I'm sitting there like, come on, man. Like, you know, I can't do this. I know. I gave myself Coral. I think coral. I gave my mom Rose. Yeah. that's um, You got John and Jim and I get Akuai. Or, is that Ayukai. A, Ayukai. I love it. When, once I hear it, I can say it well. Okay. Um, but just, just to reiterate, all the proceeds go to the conservancy and, you know, saving these animals from extinction and harm and all of that. So it's a really good cause. And, and, yeah. and just because I know you want to know, a yukai is Hawaiian for explorer or seafarer. And she is an adult female green sea turtle released with a satellite transmitter from a national park in Costa Rica. And she measured 101.3 centimeters and laid 106 eggs. Wow. Now, how about that? Now, this is really cool. And the app is really cool as well. And it brings up a map and you can see where they've been. And, and some of these turtles go really long distances. It's pretty amazing. So we highly recommend that. No, they're not sponsoring the podcast yet. And <laughs> um, no, it was just a really cool thing. And you're right. Uh, what was her name? Abigail, I think. I, I'm so sorry. We forgot to. I, that was totally on me. All right, Roxy. And then before we head out of here, we did want to get into this. I thought this was fun. You went up to your house. You, Roxy went home. She went to Connecticut and you went to visit the parents. Yep. And, um, I was there for a bunch of days and I was helping my mom. She wanted me to go through all my old childhood things and kind of whittle it down to a smaller stack of stuff. Basically, get your crap out of my house. Basically. Totally get. Totally understand. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, anyway. So, but you found some fun, interesting things. Yeah, well, I think this will be interesting for the littles to hear. In middle school, in my science class, I loved science, first of all. One of our school projects was to create 
a game of some sort and it was based on rain and water and precipitation and things like that. I created a trivial pursuit game in middle school called Roxy Raindrop. Yes, I named the raindrop (laughs) after myself and I brought it back to the city with me. I'm excited to sit Chuck down and we're going to go through it. And it's just trivia questions about rain and water and things like that. Chuck here is going to be terrible at that. I'm probably going to be as well. But it's it been was a long time. How old were you when you made this? I was like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, that's going to be a little mm-hmm. embarrassing for Chuck that I can't answer questions that a seven-year-old comes up with. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, more like 12-year-old. <laughs> okay. All right. And some other gems I found, my old, old tap and ballet shoes, the very first pair I ever had. I was five years old, so they actually are the size of the palm of my hand. So that was kind of amazing and adorable. And I'm definitely keeping those and saving those for life. But then you found some like... Pom-poms? Yeah, I found some pom-poms. So I grew up in the town of Stratford in Connecticut. And Stratford High School, their mascot was the Redskins. (laughs) So I have this pom-pom. So you have these pom-poms that say, what Go Stratford Redskins. Redskins. (laughs) It's terrible. And now you don't know if they've changed the name, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I asked my parents and they didn't know for sure. So... Interesting. Yeah, that happened. All right, but then this loops around because we got a package in the mail today. Yes, we did. Chuck went down to get the mail and there's a package. And I always think this is funny when Roxy gets multiple packages almost (laughs) daily. And I'm like, what did she buy now? And so I bring it, you know, of course, I'm not going to open it. Bring it back upstairs. And you didn't even really at first know what it was. Yeah, I completely forgot about it after I hit purchase. Okay, so well, let's go back now. What else did you find in storage? All right, so I found my... Lamb Chop and Charlie Horse from Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop, Lamb Chop's Play Along, little puppets, hand puppets. Okay. And I loved them, but I was missing one of the characters. I've always been missing Hush Puppy. So I happened to find them. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go on eBay. (laughs) Sure enough. People were selling their hush puppy well, she has puppets, one now. and now I have a hush puppy. I got him for $25. He needs to be thrown in the washing machine for a little bit, but then he'll be good as new, and I'll reunite him with his other friends the next time I go home. Now, what are they called again? I know Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop's... Lamb Chop, Charlie Horse. Charlie Horse. And, and hush, hush Puppy. puppy. Never heard of those yeah, two. They're adorable. But I mean, they're little sidekicks. I, I get it. But I'm like, we live in a one bedroom apartment. She's always saying to me. <laughs> she's always More say- buy nothing. More buy nothing. <laughs> I get it. So it, this is a collector's item. I buy lots of Red Sox memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, trading cards, things like that. Myself. Now I have a complete set. Now you have a complete set of these hand puppets. Yeah, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, don't quite understand it, but I just think it's funny when I go down to get the mail and there's hand puppets in there. <laughs> okay, then one more very important thing. Very that important I thing. I think you found. Which yes, was, I did. She's sending me pictures of these, which I think are <laughs> hilarious. I found love letters to my first grade crush. I was in first grade and I was learning how to write and I wrote love letters to my crush. What was his name? <laughs> Ji Hoon. Ji Hoon? Ji Hoon. Ji Hoon. Yes. Okay. Yes. He was adorable. Very interesting. So I thought this might be cute. Whenever I smiled at him, he always smiled back at me. Well, I mean, what's not to smile back at? I mean, but... thank you, but I thought he liked me. Okay. And I thought this would be adorable. This was written on November 13th at night <laughs> at 632 in 1996. <laughs> now, I know I don't... I'm, I'm not doing this on purpose, but I don't want to butcher Ji-hoon. Ji-hoon. It says, Dear Ji-hoon, I think you are the cutest boy I've ever met in my whole, spelled H-O-L-E, entire life. <laughs> and I love your 
Spill. <laughs> Spelled S-M-I-L-L. Smile. Love your friend, Roxy. <laughs> Lots of X's and O's there, too. Lots of X's and O's <laughs> afterwards. Now, Roxy, I think the audience, did he ever write back? Well, I don't remember actually sending him these notes. I think I wanted oh. to, but okay, then I so think in, I talked myself out of okay, it. Okay, so in your head, he didn't write back because the next one... <laughs> was written on November 13th at night at 6.32. I just realized that, actually. <laughs> this is breaking news for me, too. Dear Jahoon, do you like the notes I gave you? <laughs> it's true <laughs> that you're the cutest boy I've, spelled I apostrophe V, <laughs> ever met. I love you, Jahoon. Oh, boy. <laughs> love, Roxy. <laughs> X, wait, let me get these all. X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X-O-X. <laughs> There's uh, more. I'm not reading them. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> thank you for sharing, Rock. That was really, I know that's a very personal moment of your life. I know, and he broke my heart. He moved away after first grade. So I was only in the same class as him for a year. And then he moved away, and I never heard from him again. Well, Roxy, let's just put it this way. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing on November 13th in 1996. <laughs> yeah, please so, don't. <laughs> anyway, Roxy, we, that's all the time we have. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyalittles pod we're also on instagram at the loyal littles podcast and don't forget about our facebook page the loyal littles podcast and don't forget to run over to apple and itunes and give us a nice rate and review over there we really appreciate it and thank you steve lapoe once again for coming on to meet the littles this episode and thank you sean morrissey mary faye randolph and chris davenport for our bumpers this episode all right all you loyal littles i'm gonna head off and start practicing some of these names again what was your boyfriend's name jihoon 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 and then we have ayuka Is that ayukai a- ayukai Ugh, damn it all right littles we gotta get out of here <laughs> and remember if you're out shopping online for a sea turtle or whatever a hush puppy doll oh a hush puppy doll mm-hmm. I, I, that's true too don't forget to use the code bye i mean does ron howard still act Give me one cup of coffee, too many. Give me one cup of joe to see me through. Be it perk or drip, espresso is hip. Cappuccino latte, guzzle or sip. I'll take one cup of coffee, too many. Well, it makes my heart go pitter-pat. Seeing that waitress coming towards me like that. Sitting at the counter taking off my hat Well, I didn't need no menu when she said what'll it be I took a look at her and said, who we? I'll take one cup of coffee, too many Taste. I love the smell. I love the concept cups and sauces as well. I love the buzz. I love the jolt. That java beans me just like a lightning bolt. Now some folks say I'm kind of jumpy. Talking fast and dressing frumpy. I may be kind of jerky, 
definitely perky. But it ain't because I come from Albuquerque. No, it's because of one cup of coffee too many. It was that one cup of joe that just pulled me right over the edge. I was sad and tired, now I'm happy and wired. It didn't cost me much and all that transpired was a one cup of coffee too many. The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Are you guy? Oh, yeah.